Hilchus Mavaleva, Perak Chavbeis, Chapter Twenty Two. This parak discusses the practical procedures that are done when the court actually has to authorize the creditor, a lender, to collect property from uh, the guy who, who he lent, who has no money, or from someone who bought a property from him. Here's the order, the, the order of the procedure when you have to uh, collect the debt. When the lender comes with his contract to the Bezdin and he proves it's legitimate, he verifies the signatures as, the, as, we'll, as we'll describe or, you know, the halachas, the whole procedure of proving the witnesses the signatures are legitimate. We tell the borrower, Shalim, pay up. There's a lot of new terms in this parak. So let's, let's, let's learn some new, new language. We don't first immediately tell the lender, okay, this is a good contract. Go grab his, his items. We first tell the lender, pay the debt and see what he says, right? Until the, until the, the lender says and demands that we go to the, 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 uh, the borrower's possessions because he refuses to pay, we don't do that initially. That's, that's plan B. It's not plan A. Okay. If the judge makes a mistake and as soon as the lender produces a legitimate lending document, he says, okay, this is good. Go grab his items. Pay yourself back. Masak and I say, we remove him from the guy's property. That's not the correct procedure. First, you have to confront the borrower and see what he says. Omar Leib, if the borrower says, okay, I will pay. Now, obviously, it wasn't so easy because the lender came to the borrower presumably first and said, where's my money? And the borrower didn't say, the borrower kept saying, tomorrow, next week, whatever. He had to sue him in court. So now in court, the guy is saying, okay, I will pay. But, you know, why have you, why have you paid till now? Because he had no money. So, give me. But he has money now? Well, he's saying, I'm gonna, I want to pay this debt. Give me a time, give me a few, a few days, so I will go to somebody else, borrow money, so I can pay you back. Or I will pawn something. I'm going to sell some of my property to bring you the money. And that's what he says. That's legitimate. So, so, so he, he gives a date. Well, one second. <laughs> that's, we're going to talk about that now. If he says that, if, he, if the lender says, I want to do this. Right? I need 10 years. Give me 10 years. No. We give him 30 days. We don't make him give a collateral to the court to, 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 to make sure he'll come back. To, to, um, to, to uh, promise he'll pay. Like an item of expense. Right? Expensive item. Because obviously he doesn't have any movable property. Because if he did have movable property, Bezin would take that as payment. So obviously the case, it's irrelevant. There's also saying it's a case where, okay, to give you, in, in, while you're collecting, uh, um, taking the time to bring the money, bring us an item meanwhile as collateral. That's which concept. Because if he has an item, he has to give that as payment. He can't de- ask for time if he has an item. The point is he has nothing to pay with. He has no movable property except the clothes on his back. Okay. But the object doesn't have the value of he... Of he, he. But in, in, in the point is that there's, there's never a time where he has an item that we let him use as a collateral in this case. Because if he had an item, he'd have to use it for payment. He obviously has no item, so it's irrelevant. There's no such concept as Mashkin in this case. So, uh, therefore, he, we just give him 30 days. And, in words, maybe he had enough money and items to pay half the debt. Fine, but the other half he has to pay. So even for the other half, he can't give collateral, because if he has collateral, we take it towards the actual payment. Now, after this guy says, okay, I'll be back in 30 days latest with the money, right? You wish me luck. If the mal, the lender, wants to issue a... A, a, a curse of sorts, right? A ban, uh, you will, of, uh, so to speak, of excommunication. On somebody, somebody in quotations, meaning the, the, the borrower, right? Without my name, we don't say my name, who, ha- who does have money, 
cash. Umatalton or movable property. Umafagaisabidvarim and is just being difficult and saying I don't have and buying time just to make him crazy. Harizimach, he has the right to issue such a curse. He has he says, May he whoever is lying about this, you know, be be and be cursed. There's a whole formula how that works. What is that? We didn't we didn't get there yet. So give me a, give me a minute over here. I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll get there. So, uh, so we don't say if you're lying, will you be cursed? Because we don't know if he's lying or not. That's not fair. So therefore, we say it in third party condition. Uh, if you follow me in the Hebrew, you won't have that problem. You'll you'll, you'll okay. look. Okay. We don't also require the borrower to bring a guarantor who promises to pay back if he doesn't show up. We don't we don't do those things. Now, if the thirty days pass. And he does not um, uh, come back. He doesn't show up, right? Bezin case Nadrachta. Bezin writes in Nadrachta. Nadrachta is a, is a power of attorney that authorizes him to to, uh, to, in, to inspect the properties, as we'll describe soon. And Bezin writes it, and we'll describe we'll describe soon what it, what, it, what exactly it says over there. Okay. And similarly, if when the guy brings him to Bezin the very first time, it says, "Where's my money? You you know you are you've been you know de- delaying or avoiding me." He says, any Mishalim, jump in the I'm not paying you. You have enough money. I'm struggling. You're a millionaire. So, we immediately write an Adrachta on his property. We don't give him the 30 days. The whole point of giving him 30 days is if he shows compliance. He wants to cooperate. If he's defiant, we right away write an Adrachta against his properties. So, let's say, for example, this loan was only by witnesses observing it, but there was no written contract. Well, there's no witnesses and no contract. It's simply a matter of his word versus his word. And he's agreeing and he's admitting. So over here, remember, the concept that when you have a loan that's not been written a contract, you don't have rights to seize the, the purchaser's properties. Uh-huh. Only the property... It has to be a kind of document. Right, because then it's publicized and the purchasers are, are told you should have done your homework. So therefore, it is no right to seize the property from the purchasers. Therefore, in that case, you wouldn't write the adrachta on which authorizes him to seize or to try to inspect properties that have been sold. It only goes on his properties, right? This is this 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 this, this, this adrachta would only apply to to uh, property that the lend the borrower still has, not things he sold though. Okay. Now, what do you write in the adrachta? Well, we're, we're, uh, does he describe? He says. Yeah, he that's going to be halacha vav. Halacha vav is going to say exactly what it says over there. Okay. If the lender says, the borrower says, this is a forgery. I never borrowed money. The whole contract is forged. I'm going to bring a proof that it's, that it's, that, that it's uh, a forge and I'm going to nullify it. And the witnesses are in this location. These are the witnesses. The borrower has to prove he's not, you know, the hacking at China experience, you know what the expression means? He has to prove he's not just being, uh, speaking nonsense. He has to make a case that I'm going to bring witnesses and hear their names and here's their location. I'm going to bring them and they're going to prove that this uh, contract is forged. Now, witnesses may testify that, this, that these signatures of these people is, uh, is not their handwriting. Perhaps they'll say, we were there and we saw him write it, or something like that. Maybe he's saying that this, the, the contract was written on trust, you know, if I ever borrow in the future. I didn't actually borrow, and the witnesses were there, and they saw us make the agreement. Maybe, whatever it is, he's going to try to prove that the contract is, is forged. No, wait a second. I, I didn't get the beginning. Uh... So the guy, if, if the borrower says, this contract that says I borrowed money is a forgery, 
I'm going to prove it's a forgery. If the judge seems that the guy has words of substance and he seems like the guy, you know, it seems to him that he's saying something substantial, we give him a time frame and say, okay, based on where the witnesses are, based on whatever factors are involved, here is how long we think you need to bring the witnesses, whether it's a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is. Now, if, however, the judge seems to him that this guy is just hacking a China, he's just saying nonsense to yeah. avoid paying, and we, then, we, then, we, then only we tell him, shall I pay up? If you end up bringing witnesses to prove the contract is forged, we'll give the money back to you, we'll make him give the money to you. However, if the lender was a mafioso, he was a person who was a bully, and, then in the, and, and, and this guy actually does show up with proof that the contract is forged, he's going to have a hard time getting the money back, then in that case, you give the money to a third party to what they call escrow. So if the judge sees that the, the guy... Right, until he proves his point, and we give him the time frame, whatever it is. Okay. So if the guy, if the guy seems to be talking that we, we agree, we say, okay, fine, don't pay. We have, here's, here's how much time we're giving you. Bring the witnesses, and we'll see if they can prove the document it's a forgery. If it just seems that they're that the guy is not the guy is just 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 you know beating around the bush, we say pay either to this guy directly or to a third party in escrow, and then in the end, if it turns out that uh, you actually are right, then we'll give the money back to you. Gimel. If the business says okay, you have uh, I don't know, let's say six months to bring witnesses and prove that the star is nullified. The years on the bus, six months pass, the guy doesn't show up. We wait three court dates. The Bezdin would sit Monday, Thursday. That was the court dates. So we wait three court dates, Monday, Thursday, Monday. Or I guess maybe perhaps Thursday, Monday, Thursday. I'm not sure if you always have to... Let's say if, if the time ends, if the last day they give him is a Sunday, it's Monday, Thursday, Monday. If the last day they give him is a Tuesday, it's a whole extra week till next Monday. So, so maybe you start the three days on a Thursday. I think, in any event, it's three court dates. He still doesn't show up. Place from the love psicha. We, we at that point write a, a, a pesicha, which is a, literally means an opening. The point is that it's a, it's a, it's a, a document that makes everyone n- publicize this guy has been put in. I just said it means an opening. Mm-hmm. It's a, doc- a document which publicizes to everyone this guy has been uh, put in cherem for not cooperating with the court. Okay. So you put him in excommunication. And we wait for We give him 90 days uh, while he's excommunicated. What's the, what's the reason why we wait 90 days? In the first 30 days, maybe he's trying to borrow money to pay back. And so in 30 more days, maybe he's trying to sell property to get money, and it takes 30 days sometimes to sell. Another set of 30 days, totaling 90. Maybe he sold the property at the end of 30 days, and the guy who bought it, is he's trying to get money to pay him. That's why we give him a reasonable amount of 90 days. In order to, to see if he's if if he may come come and pay, ninety days pass, he doesn't show up. Here, Bezdin writes the adrachta we described earlier on his property, right? And then they put him out of excommunication. They they they, they permit him to be to return to the community. The whole point and purpose of excommunication was to try to force him to pay. Now that we're giving the the lender an adrachta, which allows him to get repaid by seizing the land. There's no point of having him excommunicated. So we could say Adracha is like obligation. Halacha, halacha uh, Vav is going to describe exactly what it says there. But it basically is a document that allows him to begin the process of trying to get repaid with the property. So in the, in the Halacha Aleph, we said that um, 
that he read the right nadrachta after thirty days pass when he says I'm going to pay. Over here, he's saying that I'm going to prove the star is forged. So we assume that he, he was telling the truth. And, and, and if he doesn't show up, now we assume that he, he's trying to use that as an excuse to buy more time. So we give him those 90 days. But in either situation, whenever the time passes, when now we realize this guy is, 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 is out, out, of, out, of, out to lunch, out to lunch, right? Either he's not coming to pay as he said he would, or he hasn't brought the witnesses as he said he would. And on top of that, he didn't end up coming with the money, even, even if he was trying to sell his other property, which after 90 days is a reasonable time. Then we write the Adrachta. So now in either case, the lender has the Adrachta in hand. You don't write this, you don't write this Adrachta against the property of the borrower unless you, you have to first send a message to tell him, hey, be aware, now there's an Adrachta on your, against your property. Provided that the lender, the borrower, excuse me, is less than a 48-hour journey from Bezdin, right? Mm-hmm. If he lives on the other side of the world, we don't bother. It's a courtesy. Yashal mm-hmm. if it takes longer than that, you don't have to inform him, right? You don't say, oh, we have to, yeah, he had enough time. When is it true? When do we give him this courtesy and we wait this all this time frame? When the entire time, when he's excommunicated, he's saying, Yeah, I'm coming to, I'm telling you, I'm coming to come tomorrow to prove the stars of forgery. Now, we're not sure if he means, seriously, maybe he's just trying to buy time to get money. So that's what we give him 90 days. He's saying, I'm going to prove it's a forgery. If he says, give me time to get the money together, he'll only get 30 days. So he's making up a story about proving the star is forged so he can get 90 days. Fine. But if it, all the while he's trying to pretend at least to be compliant, we give him that time frame. As soon as he says, I'm not coming, jump in the lake, I don't owe you anything, you're too wealthy, I, I'm struggling, I don't owe you anything. And immediately we write that draft against his property. Whether, and we write it, whether it's on uh, um, real estate, in the event that there was a star, uh, 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 yeah, sorry. So, so we, and we write against both. Sorry, we write against the real, real estate and real property. Right, exactly. And it would be true. And we'll see, okay, we'll see the following halacha. Uh, okay, good, fine. So Similarly, another example where we don't give him a time frame was let's let's say the guy was given a bundle of cash to watch for safekeeping or an item, right? And the guy comes and says, "Where is he?" He says, uh, "Give me some time. I have to go find it." When it comes to a loan, it's reasonable that he spent the money. The investment, the investment didn't go well. You need time to, to pay it back. When it comes to this item that's being guarded for safekeeping, you shouldn't be touching it. There's no reason why it should take you more than 10 seconds to give it back to the owner. So therefore, we don't give him 90 days. We immediately say, unacceptable. You have to pay this guy right away. If you have no money of your own, then you have to immediately give him your property to pay him back because he doesn't have to wait, right? A loan is given to, to spend, but a, a collateral, an item is not. This that we said, if he doesn't come in 90 days, you write in that drachta after 90 days when he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to prove the star is fours and he doesn't show up. That only is true of movable property. Excuse me, of real estate property. When it comes to movable property, even after 90 days, as long as he says, I'm going to come now and I'm going to prove the star is nullified, you don't let him uh, get movable property. So in other words, when we, when, when, when in Allah Hadal we said, the guy says, jump and think I'm not paying you. In that case, you write an adrachta, which gives the lender the right to seize or try to seize property that's movable or non-movable property, real estate or expensive watches, right? Mm-hmm. If, however, the guy is saying, yeah, I promise you I'm going to come and I'm nullify the star. 
we, 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 we lose faith in this guy, his seriousness, because it's way past 90 days, and therefore we give the lender the right to seize his, move, his, his real estate property, his land. We don't give the lender the right to seize his movable items, because in the small chance the guy does end up proving the star is forged, what's going to happen if the guy loses the watch? How is he going to get it back from him? It's going to be a whole fiasco. If it's a piece of land, it's here. You can't move it. You can't, right? So you leave and I, I come instead of you. But Shema uh, Yechalei, we're worried that, that the lender may actually, you know, just consume the movable items. The obvious this guy will show up eventually. Lo and behold, he does show up with two witnesses and prove the star was nullified. Now he wants his watch back. Where's the watch? I don't know. It becomes an issue. Therefore, to keep it safe, we just give him the right to seize land, which can't get lost, right? Even, even if you'll say, what do you mean? What's the problem? The guy loses the watch. The borrower will now take the lender's property as compensation. Yeah, but Shemi Tachsef the Shtadah, maybe the lender's land will get uh, um, decreased in value or get dried out. There's no need to give him movable property. We can, we can give the lender land, and therefore, at the off chance that the borrower does prove the star is a forgery, he'll be able to get his land back. So that's the safe way to do it. That's only, again, true if the guy is trying to be cooperative. If he says, I'm not paying you, jump in the lake, then, we've, we, then we're not worried about him so much. So we take, let, let the lender take both movable property and land, and um, if the guy sh- and does end up showing that the star is forged, let him get his watch back. And if, it's, and if it's not there, then he'll have to fight with the lender to uh, get the little piece of land that has the value of the watch. And if the lender's land has been taka flooded, well, sorry, tough luck. You shouldn't have been so uncooperative to Besden. Now, exactly what does this adrachta say? How do you write this adrachta that says that this guy now is allowed to go and seize property? How do you write this adrachta? If, for example, it was a loan that was just made on without a contract, therefore he only has the right to take the land of the borrower, but he can't harass the borrower's customers. Right, who bought from him? Um, it says in the contract as follows. This is what you write. What you write. Each plenty, this guy, this lender, this guy, excuse me, this borrower, this guy of the plenty, has been convicted and best of owing this borrower such an amount of money. But us, money, he doesn't didn't give it on his own until the guy is dragged into court. Therefore, writing this adrachta, and the word adrachta he says over here has to do with the. Uh, there's a few different, different uh, um, either either madrich which means instruct or adrachta means to, to seize. In any event, we wrote adrachta. What's the first one? Abstract? Instruct. Instruct. Like derech, like, like uh, okay, adrachta. So we write this adrachta on the field of uh, this field of his to allow to allow this um, this lender to go and do an investigation to determine if it's a good field to use to be paid back from. Then you have three real estate professionals come and evaluate the property. How much is this property worth? Right? You want to make sure that the lender is getting paid back. He's not taking too much. He's not taking too little. So And then after we... Remember, we want to do the biggest favor possible to the borrower and to the purchaser. The lender and the purchaser, I mean. Right? Are we in He or, or, or Vav? Vav. We're in Vav. Yes. Yeah. So we write a, after we have these three professionals evaluate the property, how much it's worth, then we do an auction and we announce, they announce the auction based, let's say, for example, the real estate agents say it's this price. We make an auction we, we, or we announce a sale based on how much people are willing to pay for the property. We're hoping the price goes up. And then we keep it, there's no time frame until we see that no one's going above a certain price. Once you reach the highest bidder, that's now what we make the price of the property. 
Now, that doesn't just mean that we say, okay, this is how much it's worth, but according to the Magad Mishnah, it's important to add that if someone wants to buy the property, remember, the lender wants cash. So we sell the property to the buyer and have the money given to the lender. And then hopefully, the, by driving the price up by an auction, the purchaser gets something, gets something remaining, right? So, that, so that, the, uh, that there's some money left over for him after he gets his property taken away. But if there is no buyers, then we have the lender himself take the property if no one else wants to buy it as compensation. The current, and now after he does that, so now that Adrach allows him to take the property, we're worried. What if he goes to a different Besdin, sues the borrower again with the same contract and wants another piece of property? So if a current star if there was a star, we tear it to make sure that that doesn't happen. What if the borrower didn't have any property, right? So, here's what we write. In this case, if you had no property, and there's a contract, mind you, so now the lender is not going to the borrower for land. He's going to the borrower's purchasers to take their land, right? To say, hey, this is Alina to me. So here's what you write. In the previous case, the lender was going to the borrower directly and taking his land with, with the adrachta in hand. Uh, to, 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 and here he's going to the, lend, to the borrower. Not, here he's not going to the borrower. He, the borrower had no property. He's going to the borrower's purchasers, the guy who bought this piece of land from the borrower and saying, excuse me, I'm taking this property because the guy didn't pay me back. The guy you bought it from didn't pay me back. So what do you write in that adrachta in that case? Each This borrower was obligated to pay this under such and such amount of money. It's important it says that. It doesn't say that. It's no good. Because on contract, right? Because otherwise, there's no contract. You can't take my property that I bought from him. But it has to be a contract. Because to, to, to prove it was publicized. He did not pay back the loan. And we did not find any available property at the... A borrower in the borrower's domain. And we tore the star that he had against him. We gave this lender permission to investigate and to inspect. Right? I knock on your door. I say, how much is it? did you pay? I want to inspect your property because I want to take it. Yeah, get out of here. Jump in the lake. No, you can't let me jump in the lake. This document allows me to go into the land, inspect it, and try to do my best to investigate if I can take it. Any land that that borrower sold from that date in the contract and onward, I want to see, and I have the right to, to inspect and be paid back and expropriate that, the debt from that property. So I want to see the contract that you, uh, that you have that says the date when you bought the, the land from the guy I lent so I can know if I can take it. And you, you can't tell me jump in the lake because I have this document. Zion. Goes and does his his uh, homework right to find who, who who which properties used to belong to this guy who I lent. If you find actually property by the lender himself, by the borrower himself, excuse me, then you evaluate that to be paid back. If you don't find any property by the borrower, but you do find properties that he sold which are on lien, and they were sold after the date of. The contract. Mm-hmm. Then he has the right to tariff, tariff means grab. To grab from them. The the After he grabs it, you tear the Shtaradrachta. Because again, you don't want him to go to grab a piece of property and then go to somebody else on the other side of town and with a docu- the same document and say, hey, I'm taking this property as repayment. And keep doing the same thing again and again. So therefore, after he grabs the property as repayment and we assign it over to him, we take that Drachta from him and we tear it. 
to make sure he doesn't do the same trick two, uh, two times. Uh, uh, well, the first time it's not a trick, the first time it's legitimate. The question of Shtar Tirpa, we write another document called the Shtar Tirpa, a document that gives him the permission to grab the land and ma- maintain possession of it as repayment for his loan. Now, what exactly does this Shtar Tirpa say? What do you write in the Shtar Tirpa? This, this individual was ruled in his favor in, in court to the right to grab property from, the, from purchasers of the borrower because of the, of the loan that he owed him, he didn't pay, which is this amount. From this field, that's this so-and-so unlucky buyer bought for this amount of money, Ms. Mount at this date. And it must document that he, we, we, we've torn, we the Bezin that is, have torn the Adrach that he had, and therefore we authorized him to seize this, in this amount of value from the property. Tess. After we write this Tirpa to authorize the, the guy to grab the property, we bring three experts to that field. Real estate experts. Yep. They have to evaluate how much of this land is worth corresponding to the amount of money he's entitled to. From the amount he lent, uh, uh, the, the original amount that, he, that the, borrow, the purchaser paid, excuse me. Plus, remember, half of the increase of value if he invested in the land that goes into value as we learned yesterday, right? So, how much is he entitled to? He paid 100, he invested 50, lands worth 200. The guy's entitled to 125, we said, right? For example, yesterday's pair. Therefore, how much of this land is worth 125? Now, this guy may have lent 190, or, or, or if it's only 50, he only, only gets 50. Whatever it is, the point is, is that the fair amount of value from the property. And therefore, we also announce, we announce that the property is being sold for 30 days. As we would when it comes to selling property of orphans until we want, they want to sell to feed them, right? Um, the idea is that we want to find people who pay more for the field. This way, the, 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 the more money we generate in the field, the higher we can drive the price up, the more we can help the unfortunate buyer have something left over after we take the money to pay back for the, the, uh, the lender. And, uh, and we want to give the lender you know, the, the right amount. Right? So if, according to what the Magad Mishnah explains in... You say buyer, that's the borrower, right? No, the guy he bought from the guy the purchaser from the borrower, the borrower's customer. Okay. Yes. What the Mishnah says in in, uh, in the paragraph, as we said, this would mean that we're hoping that they're going to actually buy the land, take the cash, give the cash to the uh, lender, and then there's some money left over for the for the buyer. Yud. Then afterwards, we make the borrower take an oath that he has no means, no money, and no property to pay back the loan. Because the Goenim, as the Takana was, as the the Goenim were instituted, if he's currently there in the district, in that country. So, uh, it's ideally, you want him to make that oath. Otherwise, the buyer is thinking to himself, this guy has money to pay back, he has money in his mattress. He's saying, I have no money, and now I'm losing my property now. So therefore, we want to make, make the borrower oath. make an oath. If he's there, if he's not there, we don't want to delay the process. If he's there. And we make the lender promise that this loan has not already been paid back, nor did he forgive the loan, nor did he sell the loan, right? Because maybe this guy sold the contract that says you owe me $10,000 in 20 years from now. Maybe he sold it for $8,000 to somebody else who wants, so you can have cash currently, and that guy's going to wait it out. 
So maybe it's not even his. his maybe it's not even his uh, his his star anymore. Make him swear he didn't do that. Maybe make him make a shuvah. He's still entitled to repayment. And then we uh, let the lender uh, uh, possess and take possession of the property of the uh, buyer, the guy who bought from the from the borrower. Based on his evaluation, according to how much he's owed, the case in Herada, we write a Herada. What is Herada? It means going down into, but we'll see what exactly what it says over there. Allah Hidalaf says what it says over there. Right? So you have a few processes along the way. You have to first write a star which allows him to do an investigation. He catches sound on his face. Then we write another thing called a tirifa which allows him to seize the property and evaluate it. Then you write now the Herada, the, the, the which allows him to actually take possession of it. The Ramam is going to call the Herada a Shuma. In, a, in, in, the, in the next in halacha yudak gimel, but here he calls it a hayrada. That's the simple way of understanding it. Ketzad kodesh. What do you write? So the, what is yirid? Go down. So what exactly do you write in this hayrada? That's Rambam. Achashashamanu. After we evaluated, says the bezin. We the court that is the plainly b'shul We evaluate the property based on the evaluation that this person was allowed to make. Um, and we made the we announced for thirty days that it's being sold in order to properly drive the price up as we want to do, right? Bishbanu as the tariff as We made the tariff, which is the lender who's grabbing the property. We made him make an oath. He didn't. He did, that the loan is is owed to him and it's true. Vesbal Khaiv, which over here means the bar, we made him make an oath that he doesn't have any money. We allowed this lender to go down, so to speak, into the property to possess it, to take possession of it, to use it. As would any other person use a piece of property that he owes. That's what the 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 um Hayrada is, or as a Shuma as Ram is gonna call it soon. And that's what allows the lender to say, this is my land, not yours. And I'm allowed to use it now. At what point is the lender allowed to legitimately use the produce of the field? And not, with, you know, that's his. When the days of the announcements end, uh, uh, which we said is 30 days. So when that stops, at that moment forward, if there's, let's say, daily rent, the daily rent start now is owed to him. Of course, you have to wait till the bezin writes the hirada for him. But backtracking any produce that's produced in that moment forward is is is, is belongs to the lender. Yud gimel kol adrachta shein kasevba any adrachta which is the original document we make which authorizes the lender to do an investigation on the properties of the borrower that he sold. Right? If it does not say in that document we tore the document of loan any adrachta it's not legitimate because we're worried he's going to you know double dip. Mm-hmm. And the tirpa, which is what allows him to actually go and do the evaluation process. That does not say there, and the tirpa is not legitimate for the same reason. We're afraid he's going to double dip by, on, on two different properties. Which is the hirada. It does not say, we tore that document of tirpa, and his shuma is not legitimate again, because then we're worried he's going to take it the same document to a different city, for a different piece of property they used to own to the to lender and try to grab this a second piece of property for one loan, which is not legitimate. You doubt it. Now, what do you do if these experts who are evaluating, evaluating the field have difference of opinion? I say it's worth this amount of money. You say it's worth that amount of money. Three people went to evaluate the property. One person says it's worth... 
No, you're down. One person says it's worth 100. Two people say it's worth 200. One person says it's worth 200. Two people say it's worth 100. So you have a pretty different, strong difference of opinion. The other expert says it's worth double. So about the Yachabuta, you go two against one, and therefore you follow the opinion of the two people, whether it's whichever way it is. Well, if it's three Jews, three opinions. One says it's a mana. The Echel Messiah one says it's 80. The Echel Mameh of Asim one says 120. Need the you use it as 100. Why? Not just because 100 is the average, but because 100 is the midpoint between the highest number of 120 and the lowest number of 80. Echel Mameh one says it's 100. The Echel Messiah one says 90. The Echel Mameh one says 130. You go after 110. Why? Because 110 is the midway between the two extremes. Now, is it also the average? 100 plus 90 is 190. No, it's not the average. Yeah, it's between 90 and yeah. No, that's not, that's not called the average. It's called the midpoint. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's the midpoint. You don't do the average. That's the point. That's how you evaluate. evaluates the property from the buyer. They make a mistake. The whole process is nullified. Even though when it comes to buying and selling, up to a sixth sometimes can be forgiven. is considered an emissary of both the lender and the buyer. As an emissary, they only have rights to, do, to help them not to mess them over in any way, and therefore the smallest amount is unforgivable. That is how all the Rishonim in Paschal. You whether it's the, lend, the borrower's property or it's property he sold, which the buyer has, that's on lien. After some time, the borrower who had his property seized or the buyer had his property seized or either of their descendants after they pass away, they get some, come into some money, they win the lottery. They say, hey, you lent him $1,000? Here's $1,000 cash. Give us our property back. That's a legitimate claim. They can remove him. Because he can always return to the owner or his family. It says, do what's right and good. The guy lent money. He wants cash back. Here's cash. Therefore, they give us the property back. That's just, that's just considered right and just. When you evaluate property for the lender. And afterwards, the guy who took the land because he wants to get paid back, he himself had debts. So the bank came and took the property from him. The same thing applies. The original borrower is no, is, and, and, the, and the second, uh, the, the, the original lender and the second lender are no, have no greater rights than the original owner. Either of, in either case, whether it's been seized however many times, the original purchaser or the lender, or the borrower, excuse me, had this property taken away, can come with money and say, I want, I want, I want my property back. Right, so 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 uh, just like if I take the property because I lent money and no one and and, and you had no and some person had no money and someone takes it from me for the same reason the lent, the borrower can go to him. If the borrower the lender gave it as a gift or sold it, or he gave it willingly to a creditor, or he passed away and it was inherited. And in that case, does not go back because in that case the person who got it wanted land, not cash. If a woman. Took money to be paid back, and then she got married. 
or she was the one who had property seized away from her and she got married. Now the husband is coming and somebody's trying to take the property from, from the marriage or he's trying to take it away from the other person. The is considered a buyer, not an inheritor. And therefore, the husband has no right to take the property away from the person who took it from the woman, nor does a person have the right to come along and take the property away from the husband in their marriage. Uh, 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 essentially, the, it, it wouldn't be relevant in the other scenario. But, uh, okay, the point is the husband is considered a purchaser of his wife's property. His rights to his wife's property is a purchase, not considered an inheritance. Daniel, so the point over here is, is that, is that um, the, in the case where the woman wa- was, um, w- took property because she lent money and then she got married, now the, the original borrower comes to the woman and her husband and says, here's the money, I want my land back. The, the, the law is, is that it's the, the husband is considered a purchaser not an inheritor, and therefore uh, uh, you don't have the rights to take the property away from him. Conversely, if the woman had property which, she, which was taken away from her because she couldn't pay, and the husband, she marries a rich guy, and they say, let's go buy the property back. Here, I'm considered my wife's heir. I want, the, I want to give you money and demand you return the property to me. That's not the case. The husband is considered a buyer, and the guy can tell him, excuse me, I'm keeping the property. I don't have to give, I don't have to give it back to you. Mm-hmm.